Our story features layers of betrayers, death of creators, multiverse invaders, legends of twilight, and astral crusaders. As our world burns, it brings the death of fates ruled by a golden god. He's the king of drakes. Our hopeless heroes fail with the highest stakes, but time's not constant and the past awaits. Roll the dice if you must as you stare at your slayers. After all, legends are made by defying soothsayers. Last time on A Press by Sun, our heroes encountered the Favoring Wind, a sunken ship run by an infamous privateer and a ladies' man. Now back on the high ocean with a new banner that brings with it the Favoring Winds, they've encountered another unexpected obstacle, an island jutting up out of the middle of the crystal blue ocean. They, of course, stopped to investigate. Season 2, Episode 5. Lurzox Temple. Let's <laughs> stay on the beach for a moment where the undead or the ghosts aren't coming out. Well, if I remember correctly, the beach is the only, there's only like one little beach. The rest of it's yeah. like rocky cliffs that kind of sure. surround the volcano. There is yes. a way to find out exactly what's there. Oh, you're gonna go. Uh, you're gonna go shark traveling. You're gonna commune with nature. Yeah, boy. Fucker, do it. Do it. Do it. It's commune with nature. It is a ritual fifth level spell, which I'm excited about. Um, within three miles. In this blue ocean that has been perfect, crystal blue, uh, with with favorable winds for your entire journey thus far, and I'm sure will never change. You exactly. saw this misty sort of. Uh, obsidian volcanic island uh, that uh, arose, arises from sharply out of the water. Around it, around it on one side has a beach, and the other sides are steep, steep uh, black cliffs. Um, and you see on the, on the island itself there's a, a, a large forest that surrounds the, the volcanic center. And uh, just a whiff of smoke, like a, like a trail of smoke that seems to linger here and obscure the island uh, all around. You guys uh, find that it's easy to park the boat uh, pretty near the beach. Do you want to describe this ritual? How do you do this? Um, I think uh, he's just going to sit on the beach, uh, dig his toes in, plant the staff in the ground, uh, and then sink down and uh, let his consciousness branch out through his focus uh, and then seep tendril-like out uh, into the um, surrounding terrain, uh, branching out like the roots of a tree. Uh, does reaching into the rest of the ground. The water is nearly a, a perfect circle around the volcano. Less than like a hundred feet down, the island just ends and there's just water. It's floating. It's a mobile um, island. So the whole volcano thing strikes you as odd. Uh, extra planar influence. Everywhere. This place is twilight touched. Everything here, uh, and then it seems to be on the far side of the island, even a much stronger pull towards the realm of twilight. Finally, let's look for any any other buildings. So we saw the one obelisk, but is there anything else? In uh, the center of the in the center of the volcano, there's a star-shaped building. It looks like there's some kind of temple in the middle of a volcano. This whole thing is floating, not not attached to the ground. So that volcano doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, how does that work? Uh, and uh, well, <clears throat> it also appears to be. Uh, this is the magic of the land of the dead, Twilight, not oh. paradise. These are not fake. This is, these are the dead. Okay. This place is connected to the world of the dead. Commune again, and I want to see what kind of um, plants, undead, or what else would we expect here? 
Yeah, so un- undead uh, plants and fiends. Okay, undead. Hundreds, if not thousands, are on the island. Okay. And there also seems to be a very much higher concentration in one area of the forest. Almost like a line going to that area. And then congregating in, at the, at, in, in a certain spot. That uh, a clearing has been made. Okay. Cut down trees and whatnot. Okay, and uh, there's no. are there any fiends? No. There's some movement in the shadows of the trees. I approach slowly and cautiously. I don't get any closer than 20 feet away from the tree. All right, yeah, you see some spectral forms moving in the trees, but they seem like they see you and are just like watching and, and curious. Kind of. I try waving at one of them. Uh, it flies away. Any more? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Waving again at all of them. See, they all run away. Uh, if you make like eye contact or look directly at them, they sort of scatter. Maybe shouts out, Howdy! That sends them all scuttering away <laughs> for a moment, and then they Dude, start creeping back. This place is going to be so safe. All we got to do is shout at them or look at them, and they run away. I was afraid these ghosts might attack us. I say we investigate the clearing first. There's incorporeal white misty creatures that sort of move through the trees, you know, actually literally through the tree, okay. and just, you know, about. Um, but they seem to be hiding in the shadows for the most part. All right. Okay. I want to go within 10 feet of the tree line. Uh-huh. And just try to mimic their noises, like <laughs> see if they see if they keep running away. Let you approach. Okay, guys, I know how we're gonna get through this place safe. <laughs> 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 Varian does not make that sound. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta sound like a cat in heat. Trust me, they love it. While Mivy waits, he's gonna run out to the water and try and chop up some fish. Did 22 hit a fish? Yeah, 22 (laughs) hits a fish. 22 does hit a fish, and you you cut yourself a little, uh, you know, a little silver fish that tried to get away. Now all the fish, after your splashing axe comes splooshing into the water, uh, the fish all scatter and are far away from you. Alright. I carried my fish back up to shore to see if anybody wants some raw fish. <laughs> I'll eat some raw fish, actually. Little <laughs> So I rip the head off and give it to Varian. Perhaps not as Varian, uh, rip off some pieces and have some have some sushi on the beach. <laughs> and one thing I wanted to try was see if I could scry Magnolia. You scry upon her. It's worth at least a thousand GP thing to look in. I don't know if we have a crystal ball or like a really shiny. I'm sure some of this jewelry has to be worth at least a hundred. Uh, so you go digging through uh, through old Black Eye Black Eye's jewelry box, and you're probably able to find a diamond ring worth that. Okay, so I'm gonna look in there, and it's gonna be real small, maybe. But yeah, it's real I'm small. Peek at it. Yeah, you see a, a, a shimmering forest full of life uh, that's crowded in around it, your golden tree. She is is chatting with uh, with animals and birds all around her. And what is she is she saying anything? Yeah, uh, she's no? basically like talking to a chipmunk and two two red birds and uh, a deer, and they're just talking about how how quiet the grove is and, and uh, they seem to be just making nonsense. When you're crying, is this happening? Like, are you seeing what's in real time? Yes. Yeah. So this is okay. She's alive in this realm right now. Varian is uh, immediately has his heart lifted um, quite a lot. Maybe this is what picks him up out of being really, really seasick. It looks like a completely different place in terms of you know, there's no sand and it's all just uh, this beautiful forest. Uh, this is me relating to him later um, after watching her and just becoming a little more peaceful and happy. Um, but this is our realm, guys. Um, Magnolia is here. But I can't. I can't tell based on how she looks if she's older. Or young. No, or she looks exactly the same. 
Okay. They said it made me happier. Okay. A quick update. Magnolia is in this realm. What? Um, so we're on the same plane that we left um, before. But, uh, yeah, it looks like the timing is just way different. We don't know which way. Like... Is she like a child now or something? Nope. Looks exactly the same. Mm. So it could be way in the future, it could be way in the past. Mm. So we still don't know when, when we are. No, we don't know no. when we are. And we don't even know where she is relative to us, just that it's the same plane of existence. So good news, we whittled it down to the same planet. After Varian's joyous discovery that his bay is on this plane, the discussion turns to a plan for the island, even as a quiet music drifts through the mist and seeps over them. Hefnot is always a fan of going to the highest concentration of enemies and walking right into the middle of it and saying, Hey guys, what's going on? What does Hefnot think about the music? That I'm good at. <laughs> it's a symphony of, of finely tuned instruments playing uh, beautifully, although not without flaw. I will say very good, skilled practitioners, but they're missing a note here and there. But it sounds like a full symphony of instruments. Full symphony. You guys see ghosts and spirits all throughout the trees, and as you enter the forest, they, they seal in behind you, following you. Um, and they seem to be gathering more and more. Uh, at first you just see a few dozens, but as you approach them and walk, they'll scatter a weird <laughs> uh, type thing, but they're not like uh, panic sounding, they're just sort of weird, wailing and shrieking. And then they'll, 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 they'll have their little scared sound, and then they'll fly away a lot of times if you, as you approach. Eventually our heroes find the clearing that they are seeking and see a strange figure standing at the head of a line of goats. A gentleman with a, with a broad hat, horns that come out of his head, uh, that come through the hat. There is a line, a very clear line of ghosts that goes directly to him. Right up, at, all around the camp, it's just a, a mass of ghosts. But then they seem to uh, just form a single file line to approach him. He is talking to one of the ghosts, or it seems like he's talking and the ghost is just hissing and wailing at him. But you can't hear what he's saying. Could I cast Disguise Self and make myself a ghost? So, poof, I'm a ghost. And I just get in line. Oh, I, yeah, I to totes cut in line. Yeah. yeah, so a couple of them hiss and wail at you. You're not sure what they're what they're doing, but it's just like... I'm going to cast Tongues. You hear the ghost talking to you and, and, and speaking in sort of wistful, like sort of unclear uh, sentences. Stuff like... We are all here for the same. Do not, do not try to cheat us. We have business. I have important news for the master. I have important, important news for the master. Um, one of the ghosts transforms into a, a horrifying image of a dead woman. You are struck by fear. Roll your a wisdom save. Total roll was a six. I rolled a one, so you aged ten years. <laughs> You're wetting yourself over there as you are just scared uh, literally 10 years uh, off your life. Oof. Why is there a puddle under that ghost? Uh, I message uh, Nibby and I'm like, this didn't fucking go well. I'm the one, I'm the one with a puddle. <laughs> we just keep track of where the line, like, <laughs> The <line>. trail. <laughs> like the soggy little footsteps. <laughs> Several of our heroes investigate the music being played by the unmanned instruments. 
You sense that this is a calming influence on the ghosts. It seems it maybe that the lack of aggression might be the result. Do I feel like if I joined in that the ghosts would be calmer? You're not sure. Those there's something special about those instruments. Where's this music coming? It's from this grove, a natural amphitheater that uh, where the where the, the orchestra itself is just the instruments playing while the line waits to talk to them. So they're just like floating, just playing. Yeah, they're just playing themselves. He talks in a in a very hearable voice from great distance, and he says, "Till dirge the wanderer of your problems, Martha." As he as he sort of uh, is talking to this ghost who's next to him, and and then you just hear the ghost hissing and wailing, and then he's just nodding along, and he and he uh, and he says, "I can let you talk to him. It is my duty as as your humble servant." The, the ghost sort of wails at him, uh, and they have like this conversation where you're only hearing half. And a few minutes later, as you guys are still waiting for half not in line, he casts a ritual spell that you guys recognize as Cindy. He just sits down, closes his eyes, and the ghost just sort of steps into him. And he begins to talk in his voice to a man named Tom. Something like, Tom, Tom, I'm so, Tom, Tom, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have left you. Our, our daughter, she needs your help. I, I can't help her anymore. You know, and then he has this booming voice that seems very odd. To as he says that, you see him just wait there, and he's probably hearing it. Um, and another few minutes pass, and the ghost sort of pulls out of him, and he sort of shakes himself off, uh, nods to the ghost, and the ghost just sort of just dissipates. It's helping them deal with their agonizing, uh, their draw to being stuck here uh, in limbo. And I guess he's allowing them to get some closure. So he's doing like a seance or something. Yeah. Drains his energy after it happens, but then he just sort of regenerates it back in, in a matter of a few minutes. Then he stands up and talks to the next ghost. And, I mean, it takes a while. Homeboy has to do sending spell or some sort of other seance for every single ghost in front of you. It takes hours. Finally, the guy in front of you, the ghost in front of you, takes an especially long time. Like, he has to cast like three spells for this ghost. It, it, it takes forever. And uh, you hate this guy. And that ghost dissipates, okay? Uh, and uh, you're next in line. Okay, I go up and I pull my dagger and I say, this thing has left a curse upon me even after my death and I hand it to him. <laughs> As you attempt to hand him the dagger, it sticks to your hand. It sticks in my hand. I just hold my hand out with the dagger in it. He looks down on you. He smiles. He says, I am Dirge the Wanderer, wanderer of this plane and others. Welcome, fellow wanderer. Tell me of your troubles. Tell me your tale. I was recovering treasures from a lost shipwreck, and this is the truth. And I came upon this dagger, and it tells me that I need to kill the lady in white. But I can't do that, and it binds me until I do it. It won't leave. Shake, 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 shake. My friend, this is not the kind of problem that I all I usually solve. However, I can tell you that a curse would only work if your target was alive. Ooh, that's helpful. So, do not give up hope. <laughs> you may yet assassinate the queen. Um, then maybe can you help me with a different problem? I am always here to help. Can you can you tell me what this island is? Oh yes, I was drawn here by the by the same energies that draw these spirits. There was a, there was a there was a portal, and it was pulling in all of these spirits even though they were not finished with their business here on our mortal coil. Indeed. I was much the same. 
Somebody stabbed me, and I definitely was not finished with my business. He says, he says, however, I may have made a mistake as there's starting to be too many for me to handle. And not all of them have unfinished business and actually want to leave. I know, bastards. What's the tower? Yes, that is the entrance to the temple below. Ah, the star-shaped temple in the center of the volcano. Yes, sir. Of course, the temple of the below. Of course! I'm so glad you are familiar with the island, even though you asked me questions about it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I safe here? Will they threaten? The music calms them. Ah, the music. I get out my lute and start to play. I hear Kadeem whisper, message my message. And I cast Thogmetry and make my voice extremely loud. <laughs> I say, message Kadeem. <laughs> Everyone hears that. Including, including Dirt, who, who looks at you and says, I, Wanderer, have you brought friends with you? Uh, I just yes, yell from my part in the line. Yeah! <laughs> but they're they are here seeking answers as well. No threat. He waves you. The dead have all the time in the world, but the living we must take advantage. He waves you forward. I, all right. I'll I cautiously forward. watch the other ghosts so they don't scare me. Uh, <laughs> I, me before I approach, I, I make sure that it's okay with ghosts that we are. They, they seem to do whatever he says. Okay, cool. So I, I just kind of walk around them cautiously, okay. bowing and shaking my head, like. And they just sort of. You know, wail at you in a non-threatening way. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't hear you guys because I just see gesturing, but I'm amongst all the instruments, so I can't hear. <laughs> yeah, it's loud over there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. oh, I guess everyone but maybe approaches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Welcome, wanderers. I am Dirks the Wanderer. It is always a pleasure to meet fellow wanderers. <laughs> Dirks, it is a pleasure to meet you. Um, I couldn't help but overhear that you say some of these ghosts could be going to the Twilight Realm, but they're stuck here. Alas, my friend, I may have made a mistake. Is there I, any? I sealed that portal because it was pulling in all the undead that I wanted to help. Is there any way to make that portal a bit more selective? You know, so that those that want to go through can go through. I know not such such power. However, I can tell them all to follow me, uh, those who have an issue, and we can go fly away to another place. And those who do not wish to follow can go in. But I cannot open it alone. It takes five. Five sacrifices? Five must wear a ring. A <laughs> ring that you will find in the temple, my lady. <laughs> and what happens to those who wear the ring? I do not know. I'm not a fan of reopening a gate to the Twilight Realm. Are you not aware of what happens there? Overhearing this discussion, Father John does a personal reflection on his own knowledge of the Twilight Realm and the ethics of the situation. The Twilight, the Twilight Realm is the realm of the dead. The place where all of these ghosts should be in your in your worldview, and, uh, 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 as far as your teaching and understanding of the church. Uh, they, they naturally should be settling into their their new home, the Twilight Realm. You also know that the Twilight Realm has, is ruled by dangerous, though very, very competent leadership. Um, and it's considered evil and should never be allowed to enter this world. You know, Herrick didn't want his, his, uh, his creations to have to go to hell. It is a place where you are put to ultimate rest and your, your essence dies. Uh, you do know the leader of the Twilight Realm's name. Uh, in your belief, it is the place where their souls are ultimately dispersed and recycled. Gotcha. And that's why they don't want to go there if they still have business. Mm. They don't want to be recycled just yet. Mm. <laughs> do, do you want us? 
to reopen this portal, or are you going to fight us on it? I'm afraid the balance must be kept. While I want to help those with problems, I cannot be responsible for the world becoming flooded with the souls of the undead. Uh, ditto. Yeah, we gotta restore balance here, man. I'm sorry, we gotta open this portal. I will teleport away. Give me a mere hour. If well, this is your plan. We'll get started. And I will tell I will tell my, my, my amassed followers where to find me and to flee immediately. I'm just curious, where do you plan on going? Teleporting to? Do you have a location in mind, fellow wanderer? I hear Whiteport is pretty nice. Or outside of Whiteport. If something happens and the instruments stop and all those ghosts turn malicious to the population of Whiteport... Then it's disastrous. Yeah, then it's a disaster. But if we send them to like, have a a temple out there that only we know about, we can still access the gym. Well, Dirge, do you need like local flora and fauna to stay alive? Or could you exist? I exist between the Prime and Twilight. Fuck it, yeah. Let's tell them to the temple. Yeah, I agree. The Kraken Temple. If you are willing, I can look into your memory and then teleport there. Yeah, right here, man. Come Just on. Just don't look at the variants. All right, so you, you let he's him sleeping. in? Yeah. Well, I he's like very him. he's very gentle. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he comes in. <laughs> he's a loving, nurturing. <laughs> yeah. um, it goes directly to the memory you, uh, you of, of, the, uh, of the temple from above in the airship <laughs> and, uh, and immediately steps out of your mind. There we go. Got it? Whoa. Thank you very much, kind wanderer. I shall go there. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool, man. Awesome. All right, we need to go and find this temple. You, you approach this uh, tall, long obelisk, and it has runes all up of it. It's it's, it's like a sharp spire that's that swirls up out of the uh, out of the black rock seamlessly. Beside it is a door. It seems to be a jar, like a black uh, obsidian door. The runes are they natural twenty? Yeah. Yes. You hear a whisper through the obelisk. This way, heroes. We must restore the balance. This way calls you into the door. You also notice that the, the glyphs themselves are written in the language of the Twilight Realm. It's infernal. You you guys want to go in? Yeah. yeah. Alright, so you head into a long, long uh, sort of shaft that's carved in a triangular shape directly into the mountain. And it, it seems like there's no seams, there's no cut marks, it's just a freaking uh, triangle that heads straight into the core of the volcano. All right, you guys see a faint light up ahead in a, in a star-shaped room. You see a five-point star with a pool of lava that's boiling in the middle. In the middle of that, that rectangular pool of lava in the center of the star, you see a black obsidian altar. On five points of the star are, are orbs. Uh, they, they're spheres about 10 feet in, in diameter uh, that stretch from ceiling to floor, wall to wall, in each of the ends of the four corners of the star. Uh, the orbs seem to have a powerful magic, and each has a different color. Night. Yes! Ten! What do I get? Well, you can see through the spheres <laughs> on each of the five points. Yep, it's lava. Uh, but you can't see inside because, you know, your vision's cloudy. Um, and you look at the, the boiling oh. lava uh, in front of you, and it, it just it's, it's all very weird. Oh, what about the altar? You didn't tell me about the altar. It looks uh, pretty warm. 17, 23. Yes. There is, in each of the orbs, there is suspended a ring of the same color as the orb. So in the front <laughs> It of is you, Captain Planet. In front of you is the blue orb, about 10 feet in diameter. It's taking up the whole end of the point of the star. In the, in the epicenter of that uh, blue orb is a blue ring. And the same is true off to your left of a green ring, behind you to the left, a purple ring, off to, behind you to the right, a red ring, and off to your right, a yellow ring. All right. Easy to get. Yep, guys, there's a ring in each one. I'm assuming those are the rings we need. And I'm walking toward the green one. Just reach in and grab it. 
Father John walks in and thinks he's got everything figured out. Okay. So I cast protect, protection from a G uh, for fire. And I walk directly towards the red one. And I walk right into that sphere. Father John, you walk into the orb. Faja! First thing you need to do is roll a constitution saving throw. 34 damage as you fail your con save. It's fire damage? No, a necromatic energy begins to fill the entire sphere as the wall of the sphere closes behind you. 17. Nice. You land neatly on top of the altar. The altar is very sturdy and does not move at all when you land on it. Guys, I'm on the altar! John, are you okay? He cannot hear you. Can I like, just like see if I can put my hand through it? Um, or like even just my staff? Yes, you can. And your staff passes through without issue. As you attempt to withdraw it, it does not withdraw. So I am going to try dispelling magic on it. Uh, wow. Critical failure. Uh, needless to say, that bounces back in your face. I was thinking a little arcana investigation, trying to figure out what the hell this place is. Just kind of looking around, seeing if I can find some runes or something. You make it to the yellow orb. Do you want to go inside the yellow orb? I will move inside the orb. <gasps> no! Ooh! 20! Nice! Nice. Well, that's the name for the cat damage. As the necrotic aura fills the room, 17, 20, 42. Divided by 2, 21. A strange smelling gas begins to fill the room. Half Knot puts on the ringette. Yeah. Half Knot is wearing the yellow ring. Damn it, we might have to haul, grab a ring. Mivy makes his way to the purple sphere. Roll a constitution save. Nine. Nine! I rolled very badly, 28. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I need you no, to roll no. a, a fateful d6. A greenish gas begins to fill the room, and you need to make it very, very important. Uh, I'm going to use my inspiration that you gave me from the Kraken. Okay. Uh, 19. Yeah, it's plus 7 on there, so... 23. 23! You feel yourself, your body just begins to freeze up. Like, your veins just stop pumping uh, for a moment. But then you're able to just breathe, flex your muscles, and pop through it. You are able to grab the ring. Yes. You can get it. I put it on. I'm going to, like, investigate this altar some more and see if, like, maybe since I've been standing on it for a while that I've... You see an inscription on the altar. There's an inscription on the altar. It's the same as the what was on the outside. It looks like the same kind of language. Uh, yeah, lacking any better plan, uh, I'm going to wind up and try to dispel again. It reflects back in your face again. Leave the staff, get the ring. Ugh, so we're just going to run into another one of these things? Yes, I think all that right. we have to do it at this point. We we already got the... We're going all in. We're going all, all right. in, damn it. All right, I just I, I, I run toward the green and I just say, but don't forget my staff. Smoke fills the room. Completely no visibility whatsoever. And you'll have to roll a wisdom check to see if you even know which direction to get out of it. You've got the ring. You put it on. I and charge out of my sphere. You're wearing the ring. Yes. You charge out of the sphere without issue. While several in the party have retrieved rings without too much of an issue, Father John keeps falling prey to bad die rolls and paralyzation. You make your saving throw and are no longer paralyzed at the end of your turn. Unfortunately, that's going to mean another turn for bad. While John struggles, the seaweed continues her investigation of the altar. You sense, based on your uh, interactions with previous gates, that this is a gate, this altar is a gate to another realm. It's, this altar itself is another gate. So you may not want to be on it. Uh, the altar here is the gate to the other realm, guys. Mimi, come jump here so you can read the inscription. 
And then I like ready myself to like catch him. Help him. While some are hesitating and some are getting stuck inside their spheres, Half Knot is determined to get every ring he can and dimension doors from one sphere to the next. Alright, I take the yellow off and I throw it through the hole. And then I grab the ring. 14. You, you catch the ring, sort of like what's happening. Half Knot grab grabs the green ring and dives through the hole. I'm putting the yellow on, by the way. Womp, womp, womp. Natural 20. Oh, outside. He has the green He's ring. got the green ring. Right. Kadeem, the only thing's fucking with you is you don't know which direction is out, but... Well, I ran straight in and grabbed the ring. It's yep, all dark. Yeah, you're disoriented. It's part of the effect. Mm. So you need a wisdom check to see if you can find your way out. You walk to the edge and you bump into a wall. Move to the left until I can find some entrance. Okay. And eventually I do. You eventually do. Bam! And you appear oh. outside and yeah. you can see. Alright. Okay. We got the rings! We got the rings! Everyone got the rings, right? It appears yeah. that the rings are on five fingers. We're yeah. the planeteers! And it's <laughs> Nivy's turn. It is Nivy's turn. So, since I've got a little distance there, I'm going to do a running long jump. Land squarely, and you don't need a seaweed's help to steady you. You land squarely on top of the altar, and you can roll your investigation check. Comprehend languages? Yeah, I'm going to do comprehend language and touch mm. the language of the altar. Okay. The living are merely an hour from death. Let us make that hour now. That's it, and you can roll an history intelligence check. Nice. That'd be 20. Nice. In the past, some cultures have used a five-point star as a sort of sundial, a sort of clock. You also know that people who did such things were historical cultures that worshipped death itself. It, I feel like this has something to do with maybe shifting everything by one, because it's talking about one hour. Alright, so we move the, the green ring, green ring to the blue zone, the blue ring to the yellow zone, etc. I'm just gonna make the uh, assumption that we're supposed to move all the rings one hour. I'm, I'm guessing we have to gotta rotate them all one hour. I can dig it. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna run towards the altar and put the ring on it. No! Okay. Skid, and your turn is over as you land just on the very edge, teetering above the lava. <clears throat> uh-huh. I move in front of the yellow room and I'm like, half not, you idiot! We have to move into the next room. Get in front of the blue space. I'm going in. Get in your rooms. And, uh... You going in? Yep, I'm moving in, and then I... Make your constitution saving throw. You take 39 necrotic damage, and you are now in here. Father John a boot out, so he's finally out of this frickin' room. So you're gonna push me? You're able to kick Father John out of the sphere, yeah. finally. 39 exactly, again. Well, I'm down. At zero. Varian drops inside the red that sphere. That sucks. Ah. The seaweed, we need you. Yeah, yeah. you need to go down to get in there. What the? Man, like five turns. <laughs> <laughs> Varian with 70 hit points, walks in, pushes him out, dies. <laughs> like to use the little ar- I would like to use the little arcana on the altar. You hear a voice in your head. It says, restore the balance, restore the balance. Okay, I don't know what that should I, I'm not good at these riddles. I did shout out before going in, get the other rings to the rooms. Alright, not fine. Half not will jump off the altar and run towards... Kadeem waits until everyone's ready to shout out Captain Planet, and then he jumps inside his room. 
A half knot is ready to is ready to rock and roll, but is going to do a little inspiration on someone who can hear him this time. All right, Faja, you get a little, you get the sensation, light sensation of being tickled under the chin by favorite. these words of Faja. Get it done. We're gonna step in next round, so I would wait this round. I'm gonna hold my, my second hand, but I am going to just arcana check again. You, you're thinking about the words you saw and the feeling you had on top of the altar as you're standing here, paused for a moment in the in the battle, in this in this situation, and you're thinking about what you remember, what you saw on the altar. There's a powerful creature trapped inside the altar, very powerful. A shout out to everybody. Um, whatever we're gonna do, be ready to fight something in the middle. Fantastic. Right, and I'm going in. Charge in. All right, everybody, everybody Boom. in. Your con save, sir. Natural 20. As Father John breaks the pur- now! the purple <laughs> circle, you hear a seaweed shout now. We got a coordinator. And yep. everybody jumps in, and Boom. everybody yeah. in the con That's Mibby. That's Half Knot, and that's Kadeem. Is seaweed? It is your turn, and you see that all of your friends are now inside other circles. You may roll with a perception check. Sure, you turned around to face the altar. And back to just a hair. A portal appears as seaweed before you on the altar. <clears throat> Emerging from the portal is a smiling 14 feet tall with wings that stretch out 30 feet, a long <laughs> scaly tail, a face with horns, and a big smile. Slowly back away towards the entrance. <laughs> Thank you, kind adventurer. Freeing me, horrible prison that that bastardly tiefling put me in. He looks around the room, he sees that all of you guys are in a different sphere, he says, It seems you are the leader then. He reaches his hand down to you. Yes sir, I am. He takes your hand deftly and gently and he sort of shakes this it. This is our leader. He kisses it. He says, bring me the head of the tiefling and you may leave this place and, and he smiles at you. This like, deeply deeply engaging smile. Oh, yes. We'll bring you his head. I do hope so, he says. And he kisses your hand again and steps back onto the altar. He, uh, he raises his hand and two uh, creatures appear beside him. Two smaller creatures, barbed and covered in spines, appear through the portal and flank him. They seem unaffected by the lava. Are these guys gonna come help us? Mm, scary smile. Yeah, I can turn around and leave all my friends and you here and never come back. So I do have bargaining power. Why do we want to get dirge? Seeping outward and filling the entire star from this 12-foot tall winged beast is an aura of fear which sweeps over you, dropping you to your knee, inescapably frightened of this creature. Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna go kill dirge. I'm gonna turn around towards the door and just start heading towards... As the seaweed flees, our other heroes watch soundlessly from inside their spheres. You saw it, but you could hear nothing. You saw a huge, winged, 14-foot, long-tailed beast with horns appear on the altar, summon two creatures, and the seaweed did just turn and run <laughs> out of, the, out of the, uh, the, the tunnel that you entered through. Just turns and just runs as fast as she can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Varian, you, you walk out directly towards the creature who smiles at you. Okay. It's a 23. You feel a fear sinking into you, but it doesn't take hold. Half knot drops. My boy. Critical <laughs> fail. So I am you running. You cannot approach the You're afraid of. there. You are afraid of him. <gasps> you cannot approach the creature. 
so we're stuck here. Let my friends pass in peace! As Asili runs away, the rest of the party is trapped by fear. Zerablade, the pit fiend, calls out to Asili. A promise is only as good as the contract that binds you to that word. You may leave when your soul is mine. Join us next time on Oppressed by Sun when we see if Asili signs a contract with a pit fiend and do we ever get to the university where we have been traveling for so long as always you can find more at oppressedbysun.com we've got maps lore and a whole lot more see ya